Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. I tore my quadricep and literally walked home like, oh, all right, you're odd. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! Absolutely fantastic! Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal! It is just what Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang does. Gabriel Martinelli has equalised for the Gunners! Rolling. Back welcome to the Knock Different podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and mine and your very good friend, Bradley Adams. Hello, Bradley Adams. Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm good. I've just been watching Chicken Run. <laughs> Is this really, really where we're starting today? It was. It's really good. It's in. You've been watching Chicken Run. Yeah, it's one of those sort of you know kind of lazy Sundays. Um, I went on Netflix, and Chicken Run came up, and I thought I haven't actually seen that. It's one of those films you go, oh yeah, Chicken Run, but I couldn't tell you the plot of it because I watched it so long ago. It's got yeah, massive man. anti-capitalist vibes. <laughs> yeah, pure, like, <laughs> bring down the establishment. It really is. And obviously, you know, when you're six, you're not really picking up on them. But uh, <laughs> I, I was really enjoying it. Yeah, that's probably not where you expected me to start the podcast. Apologies. No, I really, really didn't. That was a that was a ball out to left field there. Uh, I was a little shocked. There's there's <laughs> definitely a football reference there, which I, uh, I'm not sharp enough to make. Um, how are you, Brad? How What's going on? Have you moved yet? No, I am moving in seven sleeps. I move next weekend, which I'm very, very excited about. It's going to be good. And yeah, you, hopefully you, you have can better t- Wi-Fi. You can tell when you're excited about something when you when you quantify it by sleeps, as if you're like a, a yeah, six-year-old like who just watched child. Chicken Run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Different Rock Podcast. Thank you so much for clicking on this. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're listening to us on, we appreciate you being here. Um, we have a game of football to discuss for the first time in what feels like a year. Yeah, genuinely, I'm, re- I'm really excited to kind of get our get our teeth into it because I feel like you know mm. you do a lot of theorizing over the summer and then you come back to it and you realize, oh, hang on, this all revolves around these eleven men <laughs> kicking this thing around around a pitch, which actually is the, the the crucial element of all this that sometimes I do think people forget about. But, uh, you know, we are actually playing a game here and you have to be good at the game. Um, and uh, we... I think Hector Bellerin forgot that today, but... Well, yeah. You know, yeah. so-so. But he's, I think he's been sort of slowly forgetting that over the last couple of years. Um, yes, no, Arsenal played Chelsea, uh, lost 2-1. I, I, I mean, I'd I say we drew 2-all, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Joe Willock had his Frank Lampard moment um, and uh, as the ball crossed the line. But anyway, we'll get to that uh, a little bit later on. Arsenal lost 2-1 to Chelsea in the Mind Series. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, um, the Mind Series. Yes, uh, supporting mental health. And uh, I... <laughs> uh, ironic to put it behind a paywall. Yeah, slightly. so 
so this is the thing i had i had a minor meltdown this morning going i've got to fucking pay for another pre-season game and then i realized it was for mental health and i was like okay well, but even then right these clubs are gargantuan like the amount that they'll have pu- pulled in 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 uh, like the, these 7.99 or however much it is uh streaming fees they could have just paid to the mind charity and let every Arsenal fan across the globe stream yeah. it for free. If in anything, giving yeah. them them something to help their mental health. I find it a bit ironic that they did some. They were like, "Oh yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this to support mental health." And if you like watching Arsenal, that's great. But you've got to pay eight pound for the privilege. And yeah. I understand it's for charity, but when the club's owned by like a billionaire. And we're signing people for 50 million quid and they're on a hundred grand a week. And I obviously know that they don't, you know, deal with their own price tags or whatever. But when the club has that much money to bandy about, just let your fans watch it for free and donate a million quid. Yeah. Or just run ads on it or something on the stream. Because you, yeah. if, if you if you ran it live on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, whatever, think about the hundreds and thousands of people. And, and also... You'd outfox the Chelsea fans because, you know, if Chelsea were going to put, a, put it behind a paywall, they'd watch the Arsenal coverage 100%. So, yep. yeah, I, t- I don't know. I'm sure there's a better way of doing it. But um, no, I do. It's a good point, actually. Like, <laughs> I really considered it from that point. It's, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, guys, uh, we, we really support mental health, apart from when we can make it a quick buck. Because um, I'm sure not all of that money is going to uh, the mine charity as much as they say it is. Uh, oh, so cynical. Um, right. Bradley. Ever so. Ever so. Uh, I would like uh, to start a new thing on the podcast whenever we analyse a game. Uh, for our kind of overall overview, I would like to start recording uh, our one-word summary. And then at the end of the season, I would like to look back and see what words came out. And that might tell the story of our season. Uh, and there'll be, you know, sort of 15 catastrophe, uh, 17 average, and probably a couple of good games. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see at the end of the season. Uh, I would like your one word summary of this game, please, and your overall feelings. Uh, my one word summary, I, I don't know. I think this is one word, but deja vu springs to mind i think it's two but i'll i'll let you have it i'll I, thank you thank you You're I'll, uh, I'll, I'll claim <laughs> that as a word just so we can get away with it the listeners will be fuming you'll get tons of emails next week yeah. use two words <laughs> um and my overall feelings on the game are a bit it's really difficult because <sighs> at points it felt it, it was obviously professional footballers who are just way off the pace over and under hit passes like you know, it's not not to call it Sunday League, but like there was a lot of kind of sloppiness in a lot of those legs. But it's because they've not played a lot of football in the last kind of couple of months. And they, they do need time to kind of get back around to it. Uh, same mistakes, same people. Uh, the one thing that really sticks out for me, though, and I'm sure we'll come on to it later, though, is the lineup. Um, it's just not changed. <laughs> like, we're playing the same lineup. Mm, yeah, I... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with chaotic. Okay. Um, I found the sort of first half less so, but increasingly, and, and maybe because you know you you change, you make a lot of changes. Sort of 70 minutes, I think about five players uh, came on, and uh, you know maybe we're not playing with our absolute first choice eleven, all that sort of stuff. 
But I did think this is such a chaotic game. Like there was so many, so many chances, so many mis- you know uh, misplaced passes, so many moments where you just think we're seeing the same shit again <laughs> like this and not and not just from the footballing perspective you know the, i thought some of the refereeing obviously there was the massive incident with the um the willock uh goal that should have been a goal um but also it was a bit lack on on some yellow cards i thought I well thought- yeah this was my point i thought some of the some of the officiating and i appreciate it's a friendly was chaotic i just thought the whole thing structurally we were also a bit all over the place it felt very um it reminded me of, um, did you watch the Man United game uh, against um, Bashak Shahir where, th- oh, where they it's got basic- caught all upfield? Yeah. yeah, and there's like Demba Bar running through clean on goal. There was a couple yeah. of moments with our high line that just absolutely reminded me of that. And yeah. within seconds, yeah. Chelsea were in. Uh, and, you know, once we paid the price, uh, the other time a sensational piece of defending from Ben White to get yeah, back and get in front. Unbelievable. You know, if that's the level of quality we're going to get from him week in, week out, you know, £50 million pounds is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. It was an unbelievable block. I, I, I do want to kind of come back to your point, though, about the lineup as a sort of start off mm. place, because, you know, sometimes the lineup, the lineup and whatever, it's not particularly interesting. But it did really strike me like a ball um the <laughs> sorry the um yeah i mean it was it was we're really... on an audio call right now and i know the exact <laughs> face you made when you made that joke the exact face i can fucking I'm really picture sorry. it i'm really sorry <laughs> um but it was it was yeah i, I do apologize but we we do like looking back at that i'm just going to try and find the lineup now hang on uh hold the line for, for today yeah hang on so it was Leno, Chambers, Holding, Mari, Tierney, Elneny, Party, Smithrow, Pepe, Abamyang, and Lacazette. And yeah, you know, that's our team. That's last, I mean, how much how much do we expect lineup. how much do we expect to change? But there is a part of me that just feels very um di- disheartened at the hmm. it's not even necessarily lack of movement i do think there's definitely a case and i'd love to come to it later in news and views about sort of you know my concerns about the lack of movement i actually think you know there's well you know we've got 30 days left i think a lot of um a lot of the uh outgoings will happen sort of a little bit later on as people get a bit more desperate but in terms of our first 11 i just think like that is a very very familiar pattern and very very familiar group yeah, and improved, you know, and I'm, we'll come on to it with the whole news and vu- views kind of on the movement off. of things. But um, the, it's it's 30 days to the end of the window. It's not 30 days to our first fixture. And as we've seen, players need time to bed in and get used to a new philosophy, new style of play. New, you know, like if you're com- if you're the number ten for, um, I don't know. Um, Brentford, just because they're one of the first teams that pop into my head. You're used to probably, or you will have been used to at points, sitting in a in a block against certain teams, or at least that if they were in the Premier League, I guess they're they're all Burnley, for example. That's very different to the fact that you're then going into a system and a team where you know 
a lot of teams are going to sit in a deep block against you against Arsenal, which is one of the reasons that I'm. Oh, well, I mean, I don't kind of mind either, either Madison or Odegaard, but I'm quite a fan of the latter because I feel he really does have the ability to unlock low sitting blocks, and we are fast leaving ourselves in a situation where we get to the first game of the season and we only have one new player ready to start the season with us. Mm. And this lineup just isn't good enough. Like it, it wasn't good enough last season. It wasn't good enough the season before. And it just isn't now. The fact that yeah, Kalazanak yeah. is still here. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. I, I, I think there's a certain level of caveating you can do in terms of, you know, Gabriel's not in, Ben White's not had enough sessions, all, all that sort of stuff. But I mean, it's basically, it's basically the team that you probably think are going to start against, against Brentford at this point, and, mm-hmm. unless some serious changes are made. It's, it's akin to, I would, I would sort of describe it. Do you remember like at school, I had a really like difficult secondary school experience and probably a lot of people will uh, maybe relate to this. When you sort of go away from summer and you think, oh, you know, maybe maybe next year things will be different. I'll be in a different year. You know, maybe next year I won't hate it as much. And you go back yeah. and you're like, well, I'm in the same uniform. I'm in the same. I'm just, you know, in a slightly different classroom, a few different things. A couple of teachers have changed, but it's the same thing. <laughs> like you yeah. kind of come back and you you realize that this is the reality that we have to face. And it did just really hit me today that actually we've got a long 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 way to go and looking at that Mm -hmm. Chelsea team as well you know they were able to bring in the likes of you know Trevor Chalobah um and uh it was a you know Baba Rahman and Malang Saar new faces and whatever and they they actually haven't changed that much but they just won the Champions League like you know like so it's it's a very very different and I sort of looked across and went well you know they've not made many changes but then I sort of reminded myself well actually they don't need to (laughs) like you know and it's yeah it was it was a slightly um the thing is, though, I think Chelsea depressing do. I moment. Think that there's a, I think there's a lot of changes that could be made to that Chelsea squad to elevate them to the next level, and it's no wonder that they're, they're being linked to people like Jules Kunde and Erling Braut Haaland. Um, but the, like you say, the difference is, is they've won the Champions League last season, so it's not as imperative. If they don't win the league next season, the fans aren't going to be baying for blood because they've literally just won the Champions League. I mean, yeah. it is Chelsea, and they are. So they might, some might be baying for blood. Uh, But with us, we are in such a precarious position. We've had two seasons of eighth place. We have made some severe mistakes over the last kind of 12 to 18 months when it comes to recruitment and when it comes to players going out. And it seems to be that we're not moving quick enough to even bring the players in that we need to and uh that is a real worry and I don't know I I don't know if it's Arsenal fans that have sold themselves this idea that this summer was going to be the big clear out and you know we should quote Josh Kroenke and be excited and and look forward to new faces coming in or whether it's you know the board or whoever the the club that have convinced us that that's going to happen but I feel like at the moment I would not be surprised if we only got one more fresh face through the door before the end of the window. And it, it would be a shambles. Really, really would be a shambles. Yeah. And then I think you you kind of have to look upwards at the, the the executive structure going, why why can't we get people out the door? I appreciate it's a, different, a, a difficult market, but you're telling me there is no takers for Hector Bellerin. Uh, on any level like you know I, I appreciate he's not he's not what we need and he's probably going to have to go down a step or so maybe a sort of do a sidestep 
but they're, they're a 26 27 what is he 26 year old you know experience he's played for spain he's you know got a certain amount of um years left on his deal at arsenal you know the, each case that i look at i don't go well no club's going to take him i do look at each player and go well you know th- you know there's there's going to be a club um and at some point you have to cut your losses but yeah let, 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 let's come back to this yeah. in, in news Sorry, reviews yeah, 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 yeah. the um it, but just one last point on the lineup. Did you see on the Arsenal uh, lineup they put number four William Saliba? <laughs> I tweeted it out. I thought it would cause a bigger storm on the on the on the initial like um, pre-match sort of graphics. They put number four William Saliba instead of Ben White, and I thought the Saliba stands, yourself included, Brad, would be absolutely fuming. Like sort you of, see, you know, you're, you're you're painting me as a Saliba stand, or I'm definitely <laughs> not. Um, no, you're fuming. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's Brad just... Brad cried down the phone cheapest. to me, actually. I did. So many tears. Um, <laughs> so, so many. Uh, yeah, that's that's a bit, just a bit embarrassing. And this is what I mean, like, over it's the like last... the one we, player you don't want it to happen to, do you know I mean? <laughs> But it's also, it's also, that you know, I've seen a lot of tweets over the last few days leading up to this about the fact that... Um, you know, the legends kind of posters outside the Emirates are faded and the Canon has got some of like the gold paint chipped off. And I don't think that you could get more symbolic of where yeah. Arsenal are right now than the kind of fatigued look that we have of yeah. our stadium. And the fact that nothing is being done to even run the facade of this club properly, let yeah. alone run the actual club properly. So that's a good point. Yeah, you know, it, it is, it's worrying. And I think that yeah. moving into this season, it's it's severely worrying that we've not, you know, done any of these things. The fact that we've not bothered to make, when we've had, it's been how many days since since a game at the Emirates? Since oh, what? December? I think we had one in December before the lockdown. And then other than that, it was, again, pre the first lockdown. So you're talking about... Well, we had the Brighton game, but... Oh, and the Brighton game. So, you I mean, you're talking about that was a couple of months ago and there's been no refurbishment. It seems like there's been no refurbishment for a long time. Anyway, let's get on to the game because I could bitch and moan <laughs> about the Cronkies all day. I genuinely yeah, could. We could make an, a whole other podcast on that. We um, have before. We, we have. <laughs> Um, yes. No, talk about the game. So, okay, as we're on a negative note, let's start on the positives. And I, I'm really uh, encouraged that the start, we talked about a little bit, I think it was against the against the Millwall, the Smith. I think it was against Millwall or Watford. We we're talking about a high line and that continued. And early doors, it was really, really working. There were some lovely moments where the party took the ball off. Um, people sort of high up in midfield. Lacazette was coming back and dropping deep and taking the ball off um, Lotta's cheek and 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 Saar and whoever it was. No, Saar wasn't playing. Um, Chaloba and and and, and Zuma. Um, there were some really really nice moments, and Arsenal looked to be pressing much much further up the pitch. I really like that, and I think it's something that we need to do. There was a graphic that came out that we were. Um, I think like sixth in the league in terms of, or maybe maybe a little bit lower, sort of mid table, haha. Um, in terms of how how high we were, how high we were at the pitch, and I think it is one of those kind of classic indicators of how good you are as a team, how high you press. And I'm hoping that we do push further at the pitch. And the problem came when Rob Holding was tested uh, and got caught too far at the pitch. Um, 
and and the goal happened. The problem but... comes when you have when you have two cent- central defenders who whose abilities don't suit sitting in such a high line. You know, no one's ever spoken about Pablo Mari or Rob Holding for their brilliant recovery, recovery pace. pace. Yeah, yeah. Or but... their. Yeah, do, do you get what I mean? So it's. And I think this is an, another reason, you know, you, you've called me a Saliba stan. So to get back to Saliba, uh, I think that's another reason that whilst I, I will happily admit Rob Holding is currently a better defender than William Saliba, it seems strange to have a defender who's so stylistically opposed to what we're trying to do move forward. Because if Ben White gets a serious injury and is out for a couple of months, Rob Holding's stepping in. And if he can't play that high line of football in any capacity, really, without that major risk of just one flick on ball over the top and him being caught out, then there is no point. You need almost backups that suit the style of play as much as the next person. Yeah, and and, and I hope we'll, we'll be moving towards that. You know, whether it's Omar Rekic or another centre back who comes in, I'm sure we'll we'll choose centre backs who are going to be the next backups that would stylistically fit that. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure that would happen. I just think we're, we're, we're still transitioning the squad. We have to remember that, you know, the likes of holding have been here for years and, and all the, and El Nene, et cetera, et cetera. And you can only change so much per summer for Arsenal, not very much. But the point, the point I was trying to make was, I think, you know, I looked at that and I went, well, what we need is a ball playing centre back who can, who has an excellent recovery pace. And we do in Ben White. So, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not to, not to say, you know, I, I wasn't annoyed about the goal because it did feel it, as you just sort of pointed out, a bit anathema to play that style with holding Amari. If that's basically because we want to play that this season and we're trying to get, you know, we're trying to just get into the mold and, and get to the groove of, you know, playing that against the Chelsea in, in ultimately what is a meaningless match. Um, yeah. You know, well, not meaningless. You, you take certain meanings from it. But the result isn't necessarily one of them, and the uh, or or the most or the sort of the highest up the list. And I think you know there is a certain sense to just playing the way you want to play, whatever. Um, I do think there was probably you know probably just a mistake from holding. I'm sure that wasn't an instruction from Arteta. But the oh, solution, the the solution to it, I did feel we had on the bench rather than something that we you go, oh my god, why no, the fuck absolutely. are we playing that when that's absolutely, just not how yeah. yeah. I just think it's a comment to make that it's it seems silly to to be holding on to players that don't fit hey. that style of play. As in, if we are, you bastard, <laughs> if we are going to go full throttle, high line, high press, ball playing, centre back mould, we need most of our defenders to fit that mould. And yeah. only, if, if we look at the current crop, two of them do, Gabrielle and, and Ben White, Mari and Holding, just they don't. Centrally, yeah, but I would I would actually argue that Tierney fits it. I'd argue that Tavares fits it. I'd argue Chambers fits it to oh, an extent. Oh, yeah, 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 no, no, no. But, we're, um, right but again, we're talking centrally because that's where we're we've been exposed, and that's where we're at risk. Yeah, yeah. No, I do agree. I, I also I thought early doors. I mean, there was a couple of moments with Holding where he played about out to Chambers beyond him. Uh, he put it out out of touch. Um, there's just a few moments it's where he just, looked yeah. he looked a bit shaky. But I mean, ultimately. That's not what he does. So I was it's his sort first of... game, but also it's his first game of football or like second game of football starting back since what? When? Like when did the season end? Really? You know, I, mm. I think th- and I think this was a theme for me throughout the entire game was misplaced passes over or under hit passes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Again and again and again and again. And obviously, you know. I will make no excuses for a player that can't pass a ball six to eight yards accurately, but you can kind of 
argue, you know, when Lukonga's slicing balls forward to Pepe that they're until, you know, he's got some football in his legs, they'll go askew. And I think that that we saw a bit of that with Holding today and we saw a lot of that with everyone, really. Yeah, and I think there's a certain level of just, it's, you know, we've still, you know, some of those guys, that was their first game, some of them it was their second game. It's, it's pre-season. Like, we do have to sort of allow it a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think that this game, and there's not many more opportunities to be making those kind of mistakes, which which is concerning. But How many pre-season also, games have we got left? Is it Tottenham just and theirs? then we're there. Tottenham and then we're there. I mean, we might play Jesus. something midweek um, because often Arsenal, you know, they might play against, uh, you know, Boreham Wood or whatever, but not at that level at the Emirates, you know, with what feels like, you know, a, a decent level of opposition. You're not going to be able to organise a game against Real Madrid within a couple of days, are you? You know, so. No. no, um, no. So, yeah, but um, not that they want to play us. Um, I, I do also, while we're talking about the centre-backs, and, and I do want to kind of come on to um, maybe the more, more negative side of the, the, the game uh, a little bit later on. Just on the positive side, Pablo Mari, for what he's worth, as in the, the transfer fee that we paid for him, I think he's been excellent in preseason. I just want to talk about it for a moment. I think he's got a really, he's excellent aerially. Like I, I almost mm. never have seen him lose an aerial duel. He's been playing these brilliant line-breaking passes. He didn't play any today, but if you go back and watch the preseason games, he's been threading these balls through, and they've been excellent. Um, I think he holds the line really well. I think he's he's a good physical presence. As I've said before, he's someone who, when you have, for example, um, an Abraham, and he, I don't think he was on for much um, of Abraham's time, but when you do have a sort of physical presence up top, he was asked to do a job last year on Kane, asked to do a job last year on Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and he kept them both quiet in the games that he was he was playing. Yeah. For, for, the, for the fee we paid for him, He's not perfect. His recovery pace isn't good enough for what we want to do moving forward. But actually, I think coming in, Arteta just needed someone who had a left foot, basically. He knew Mari, and we have to hold mm. our hands up and say, actually, that's that has been a really good deal to me, personally. I think to also contradict myself a little from my earlier point as well. Surely not. Um, you need, as much as I, I think that most of your defenders that you are going to constantly play do need to fit the exact style of, and mold of what you need. Everyone always needs an outlier. You need somebody like a Pablo Mari for certain game states and for certain moments, like with, like you say, with Harry Kane. Um, like in, in lots of moments, you, you want to be able to substitute these players on if we're holding a 1-0 lead against... Uh, you know somebody with DCL up front and it's things like that I think the difficulty is is when you have two of them to kind of take away the contradiction but I think for for like I agree with you for what he is and for what we paid and for what he does it's brilliant value in the market it really really is and to be and to have that kind of just one player that isn't in the mold that we want to play 100% of the time but can come on and do a job in certain game states like I don't think for the fee, you could argue there's better value kind of at the moment. It's it's such a good fee for a player of his quality for what he's good at. Yep, yep. And that's all the positives. Right, so uh, the holding goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we sort of, we've sort of discussed it. Uh, the goal, he's just caught too high up the pitch. There's not much more to say. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's also a good finish from Havertz. We we I think I thought, often... I thought the shaved head would uh, give him a bit more aerodynamics running back, but obviously not. No, no, Brad. <laughs> no. Unfortunately not. Um, yes. It, it is a sensational finish on his weaker foot from Havertz. It's, it's a good, fi- it's a good finish. It is a good finish. And I think, I think sometimes 
we do as fans either put it in the camp of, oh, that was shocking defending from... Sometimes you just got to hand it to, to, to the attacker. It was a good bit of play from Werner, good pick out from whoever found him and a good pass to Havertz and a good finish. Like, as much as, you know, two things can be true, like to quote Elliot, Elliot from the Arsenal Vision podcast, two things can be true that mm. both holding was caught too high up the pitch. It's a weird thing to be doing with holding Amari, who, by the way, just a, a quick so, uh, sort of side note to that, were often used together last season. Because um, yeah. I, do, I do think they work well together, but not in this system. And holding was caught too hard the pitch, um, and, and and that happened. But but yeah, I I I I wasn't crying too many tears, as I said, because uh, unlike you down the phone, um, because uh, <laughs> because because of what we had on the bench. Um, but yeah, I also want to highlight Smith Rowe. I've been. I, I think we've spoken about this before on the podcast. Um, yeah, we did. Literally last episode. Um, about Smith Rowe. Literally like a week ago. Yeah, like literally last episode. Um, about what he is. And I found a word that I think works for me and listeners, whether this works for you or not, but like connector. I think Smith Rowe, to me, he feels like the person who is the connection between the um, the defence and the attack. Now, I think often that is used to describe probably like defensive midfielders or someone who's a sort of maybe like an eight who can pick it up, play it forward, essentially, or maybe even like a fullback in some certain systems. Smith Rowe is everywhere. He is consistently linking up. He is, I, I would I would be fascinated in, in the stats of sort of who has the most connections with each person, i.e. Smith Rowe passed to Granite Jacker three times, Granite Jacker passed to Smith Rowe four times. How many touches as well would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think Smith Rowe... I, I still I'm not hundred percent clear, and maybe it's just because he's a player that I'm f- unfamiliar with, and and this is you know showing my my lack of understanding, which would not be too hard to uh, to find. But I do think Smith Rowe, I, I I'm really seeing his his value as I have before, obviously, but you know seeing his value in what we do. I thought in build up, he's so useful. He's always the release valve. He's always there to to turn quickly. He's got such a small turning circle. I also realise I don't know what foot he is. It's never even it's never even concerned he's me before. Right-footed. Well, I've seen him use his left a lot, and he I think his yeah. shot was with his left. Um, he's such a useful player. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing him develop. And I thought I want to highlight him in the first half because I, I do think he showed again what he can do. Absolutely. You know, I think that whilst we need to give the boy time to kind of real like kind of realize and actualize where he will be full time permanently on the pitch whether that's kind of out on the left floating into the center or wherever we we've got a live wire on our hands who really has the potential to grow and and be a great player um it it's just you know to harp on back it's just a shame we're not we're not kind of surrounding him with quality because to move kind of again a bit higher up the pitch i uh, i think lacazette dropping into pockets is really really helpful but then abamyang out on the left again seemed like prime pre christmas like cancer ball where <laughs> we didn't have a we didn't have a shot on target in the first half and he is just quite he he is ineffectual on that left hand side uh he's not in the right places he's not the player you want crossing the ball in he cuz he has no left foot uh and it just again i find myself getting more and more worried as the games go on and he seems to not be catching sharpness. And I, I think, again, this is an issue with us uh, pushing him out to the left. We know that doesn't work. 
whether he, as a striker, likes to float out to that left channel and cut back in. Putting him out on the left and Lacazette in the middle takes away a creator behind him that pulls mm. opponents and brings him space to allow him to do what he does. Yeah. Aubameyang on the left is a different proposition because you're putting somebody in the centre as well. And I think hopefully, I, I mean, I think there's two points to this game. I think hopefully it shows that the two should never play together again because they don't fit. We say that every time. <laughs> on the, we, yeah, but we've said that every time and we'll say it again till the fucking cows come home or it seeps into Mikel's head. You know, we were, we were saying it about Willian for about nine months. Uh, and that hopefully it really, really shows at kind of staff and boardroom level that the finances need to be pumped in now because I, f- I mean I feel positive about this season moving forward but we're not going to do anything really special if we don't kind of kind of get moving but yeah I, I just felt like Aubameyang is we, we are wasting the years that we have hitched our wagon to him by forcing other people into the lineup yeah no, I do. I do hear because what I do hear. and I, I don't know who it was. Somebody made a great point on Twitter when talking about the lineup and saying about how it's the same lineup. But not only is it the same lineup, but it's the same lineup filled with people that hopefully aren't going to be here next year mm. at, at points. You know, yeah. Bellerin obviously coming on as a substitute because I think Chambers started. I'm pretty sure Chambers started. Uh, yeah. But Bellerin, we hope, isn't going to be here next year. Lacazette, we hope, isn't going to be here next year. Enketia, we hope, isn't going to be here next year. Kalazanak, we hope, isn't going to be here next year. I mean, there's a there's a conversation that we should have about Xhaka at some point. But Who, sorry? Xhaka. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. But I think that's a real, really important thing to notice is that like a lot of these players that we seem to still be giving minutes to whilst not giving minutes to Reese Nelson and whilst not giving, you know, a lot of minutes to other players like Balligan could have come on for more minutes today rather than Lacazette. Who's good. And what's going to be more useful? Because I don't think, for example, there's rumors that Atletico Madrid are interested in Lacazette. I don't think Atletico Madrid are going to pay seven ninety nine to watch us like play fucking Chelsea <laughs> just to watch that French smurf. Just imagining like, Diego, Diego Simeone going... Why can't I watch for free? He's a fucking it's disgrace. Crazy. Why not? He's a fucking <laughs> disgrace. They don't even send the money to the main charity. They don't even send the money to the main charity. Oh my God. <laughs> not, yeah. not, not sure. That's uh, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I was in like, so for me, there's no reason to play Lacazette because we know what he is. We know what he does. No one's going to be watching these games, scouting them going, oh, look at this French striker in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Everyone knows what he is. It's just yeah, time yeah, yeah. to get the best money you think you can and fuck him off. I love those and takes. That, yeah, yeah. That are like, oh, could, oh, it's a shop window. No, it's not. No, it's fucking not. It's pre-season. <laughs> and listen, like, what, the conversation we'll have about Xhaka we'll have later. But I there is no who, point. I'm sorry. Zaka, Zaka. There, <laughs> there is no point putting these players in to get minutes because we don't want them moving forward. Granit Xhaka is one player that at least you could make the argument if we aren't going to get the money for him, keep him because we know he slots well along party. A long party? We know, yeah. Five hours? Six alongside, hours? 
alongside party. You bastard. Um, whereas other players, they just don't. And we know that they don't. We know that it's time to move on. So if we're not going to get the 20 million we want for Lacazette, except 15. And I think it's like you say, sometimes we really do have to cut our losses. And it's getting to a point where we do just need to accept the money in and make the best of the situations we have. Yep. Agreed. Fully agreed. Back to the game. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Granite Zaka from the Pepe corner. Absolutely. If you're wondering why we're calling him Granite Zaka, right if you didn't watch the uh, coverage today, Perry Groves, is that his name? Just call yeah. him Granite Zaka all afternoon. And the, and the, the it that. was it was I one of those. It. I I feel like the co-coms don't really like each other. There was a lot of like sort of crossed wires moments, but there was a, um, he was going, yeah, yeah, Granite Zaka. And then he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Xhaka is a very good player. <laughs> Just like, just tell him. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it was a decent header. Not much to say. Good delivery from Pepe. Um, and then... I re- I think he's going to explode this season, Pepe. Yeah, I reckon he is. I reckon he is. He, he, had, a good, he had a good game today, actually. And he's been he's been decent in preseason. He looks lively. He also, mm. defensively, as we mentioned earlier on in the game, was one of those players who was nicking the ball off uh, from behind, which is something that the first time I've seen an Arsenal team do that, uh, in a while because when the def- when the attackers have to are pushing up in a high line when we lose the ball they're the f- they are the first line of defense almost because they're running back and trying to trying to catch the ball um mm. and can perhaps win it up up the pitch uh high up the pitch which is really useful and pepe was part of that uh but from the zaka uh or zaka header uh i think just chaos ensued i mean it was it was absolute end to end um we had the bellerin mistake uh for for abraham's goal where the Willock shot did cross the line. So many little shitty fouls. Leno had a bit of a... Leno had a poor afternoon. He was spraying Leno balls. just can't kick a football. He just can't kick a football. I, I, as, much I, as, I'd, as much as I'd love to fully agree, I think it's pass selection. I, I, I really, really worry about his pass selection. I don't think Leno has a particularly good radar. If you watch the likes of... And, you know, yes, okay, it's a bit of a cliche, but Edison, Allison, they are really, really good goalkeepers and they're the benchmark at the moment. So let's look at them. What do they do? And what they do mm. is not only are they, um, when that ball comes over the top, if you watch Edouard Mendy, there was a moment where Sambi hit a ball to Lacazette and Edouard was out immediately because he was already in a high starting position, which is where you want your keeper. Leno never does that. And secondly, they're all Edison well, yeah, and Leno, Allison. Then, Leno had the ball kicked over him by Ziyech. Yeah, because he's not far enough out. He sat on his own six-yard box. But so not, it's lapses in concentration. But not only that, he also when he doesn't scan, watch him. He isn't aware. You, he has to almost play like he's a six, like uh, at some point, because keepers are so critical to the modern game and actually critical to both an Arteta and a Tuchel system. Um, uh, and it was kind of massively exposed today for me. I think f- four or five times mm. I just watched him n- be completely unaware of a player who was there, who was the valve for him, play it into danger. Sometimes he gets away with it and sometimes he just doesn't. And it's, it is a real concern. Well, and yeah, you know, How many times yeah. have we seen that pass through the middle of the centre-backs to Elneny, to Sabios, to Xhaka? You know, Xhaka for the Burnley goal, Sabios, I think it's for the goal, is it against maybe Olympiakos? Elneny for the goal in preseason against Watford. He plays that stupid fucking hospital pass again and again and again and again. What does that mean? What is a uh, hospital pass? It it basically means uh, it's almost like you know that 
they're gonna it's you know that you can't do anything with it and you don't want to be the one to lose the ball so you just uh, you're putting somebody else it's basically i'm pa- if i'm passing you into a shit situation okay okay I, I heard I'm it when we played five you, aside and i was laughing and i just didn't know what it meant <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's basically like if i were to pass to you and you're only op- you have no options but to like either give it back to me or lump it it's a hospital like it's it's playing you into danger basically right, okay okay and it is as much as it. We can argue past selection. He has a bit of the granite Xhaka disease sometimes. Where what when he does pick okay passes, they're over hit, they're under hit, they're they're never quite exactly where you need it to be. He's mm. not spraying balls with the accuracy of an an Edison or an Allison or even you know taking a step down a to the Martinez's or, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. well fuck, fuck Ramsdale. <laughs> But th- I think this, again, is another sign that if we're letting Onana go to Leon for £6 million, there is something wrong in the heads of Arteta, of Inaki Kanya, and of the board and of the owners of this club. There really, really is. Just a couple more. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to agree or disagree just because I want to keep prodding the Ramsdale bruise on your arm. Um, Ramsdale lots of disease and terrible. hospital references today Brad um, and bruises maybe with something on the mind mm. um, what was I going to say uh, well, well actually brilliant little segue this if I don't say so myself party's injury um, oh fuck there has been pictures of him out in Paddington this evening supposedly walking around and he's fine uh, but Mikhail says the doctor says it's not looking good, uh, and also walking around doesn't mean you're able to play. It means nothing. I um, tore my quadricep and literally walked home. Like, yeah, oh, all right, you're odd. Um, no, no, no. But as in, like, sometimes <laughs> those injuries you just you don't realise, and then a day later, two days later, or even you yeah. you just notice in the mobility that you have yeah. and you lose. Yeah, it yeah. I mean, bad. We'll, we'll we'll see on that on party. I mean, I don't want to speculate on it, but he was excellent. Basically, is what I want to say. He was he had he was a really he was that guy who was pushing us up the pitch, sat 10, 15 yards further up, I think probably because of El Nenny and El Nenny dropping back into um, the defensive phase and, and just doing that job again, you know, often used pejoratively doing a job, but El was doing a job and, and, and he let party sort of roam a bit further forward. I also want to highlight a couple of things. I thought Tavares answered a lot of defensive questions today. I think what he lacks in positioning, he makes up for in recovery pace um, and mm-hmm. he's just physical and ultimately when you have a physical presence at some point it's going to help like whether it's you know because he has pace and size and strength and i think you know the the sort of more tactical and more positioning and body uh sort of body position side of the game i think he has something to learn about sort of dropping uh, getting a bit lower getting to his knees and all that sort of stuff he can learn that like that that happens you know that's 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 coaching that's artes's job that's you know Miguel Molina, Carlos Cuesta, whoever whoever you want to talk about, that's their job. But I thought he, defensively, there's a sort of, oh, you know, is he, isn't he, you know, suspect. I'm not too worried about it. I thought he was all right today. And I think, again, it's like you say, he doesn't have to be the perfect guy. Or do you know what I mean? Him being all right is good for us now yeah. because he he's the backup. He's twenty one. He's well. the person that we that we throw in against Nottingham Forest so that we can give Tierney a rest, and he's good enough to play against those caliber of teams or yeah. you know play our Carabao Cup matches, our FA Cup matches. It it doesn't matter. Yeah, definitely. I also I just want to highlight uh, Sambi. Some great balls over the top. Mm-hmm. He's looked. He's continued yep. to look composed, and I thought Nketiah was great as well. 
just to say I thought he was, he was really good in that yeah. game um, had a good game alright Brad alrighty game analysed that was fun game analysed I, 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 I too many tangents there from me if we're going to analyse that <laughs> section I'm sorry guys <laughs> we're going to analyse that analysing yeah there'll be a spin-off podcast of analysing the different not podcast so these guys, do they know anything about football? I, I don't think so. A, a, uh, a little bit, maybe. <laughs> they, Mainly just from Football Manager. They're just they're sort of learning as they go along. But you know, yeah. we love them. They're sort of you know, we appreciate they're the humour. Yeah, occasionally, <laughs> occasionally. Uh, it's mainly just in jokes that need that none of us understand, but they find hilarious. Yeah, and that's and that's that's the that's how you build An a experience. community. Uh, Brad, we'll see you after this. Geez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. News and Views. Welcome back to News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views, but mostly ours. Just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy these podcasts, you can support us on Patreon and buy me a coffee. Links are in the show description. We've been having. Please, I'm I'm so tired. Buy me a coffee. <laughs> Brad needs a coffee to get him through the next ten minutes. Um, we uh we've been having loads and loads of listens, loads and loads of support on Twitter, loads and loads of support by email, mm. all that sort of stuff. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, thanks, we guys. really, really appreciate it. Um, we're massively looking forward to the new season. Plans are afoot for extra content and a bit of a change up, uh, which we'll be announcing in due course once me and Brad have actually talked about it. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Xhaka, a new yeah. deal. The Roma thing has supposedly sort of come to a halt. Um. Uh, okay, I, I I'll 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 go first on this one. You can go first on the next one. I think from where we were a week ago, twelve million, fifteen million euros. I'm going. Yeah, don't sell him at that point. There's no point. Mm-hmm. Give him a new contract and give him um and give him put it back in the squad because there's no literally no point in selling him at that price he's better than that we all saw it in the Euros and we've seen it before and actually in the second half of last season I think Xhaka was the best he's ever played for us and I think as much as he has massive deficiencies in in his game I think the signings of White I think the signings of um, weirdly even Tavares I think the signings are hopefully Sambi. Of, of, of Sambi um, and, and hopefully some more will will help to cover cover those deficiencies but I also would say that if you said to you and I at the beginning of this um, this summer window, Granite Jack is going to get a new, whatever, four-year deal and we're going to turn down an offer from Roma, I think we would have exploded. So I think it's, it's context is, ke- is key, though. Yeah. Like, because if the offer for Roma, like, like tw- yeah, 12, 13 million euros or whatever, it's n- no... Like, I think that we, as much as, you know, we want an improvement and then there does need to be an improvement on Granit Xhaka for this team to move forward. But there is no point 
cutting our noses. He's not the kind of player that there's a point cutting our noses off to spite our face. If this is El Nenny, if this is Kalazanak, if this is Lacazette, where they no longer really hold a function, as in they're not good enough to hold the function that we need them for in our team, then you go, okay, well, if we don't get the 20 million we want and we get offered 15 for Lacazette, fine, sell him. If we don't get the 5 million for Kalazanak that we want and we just give him away, then fine, that's the wages gone. I don't think Xhaka's that kind of player. Look, for all of my kind of opinions on him, he was good, only good. I mean, he wasn't sensational. Yeah, he was good. He was good, good yeah. towards the end of the season. And with Party alongside him, with Sambi now in, and with other players now in, one of the main issues that we had last season was creativity and scoring goals. It was never conceding them. You know, we were never getting smacked 3-4-0. Mm. Like, well, regularly, I'm pretty sure we did lose 4-1 last season at one point. Um, So I think the main issue is just going to be, we're I'm okay taking losses on certain players when it feels necessary. Lacazette hasn't put a good performance in since his days at Lyon, so it's just, it's just the time that we now need to get rid of him. Kalazanak got you know, chased by Schalke fans for getting them relegated. It's time to get rid of him. Granit Xhaka just had a brilliant Euros. And if he wasn't an Arsenal player, we'd probably be clamouring for the club to lodge a bid. Yeah. So offering him a new... And this is obviously discounting the fact that it could be a negotiation tactic. But if it's not, and we just take it at face value, if he gets a new four-year deal and we keep him for one more season, we're in a stronger place to sell him next season, and clubs will be in a stronger place financially. You know, Italy will have recovered a bit. France will have recovered a bit. There will be a little bit more money popping about. I just think that because of how bloated the squad is, I don't want Granit Xhaka to uh, take up the place of somebody, maybe like a Bruno Guimarães of Lyon or... um, you know, uh, Locatelli's another one that pops to head, even though he's going to Juventus or Cooper Miners from Alkmaar. I don't want him to take up that slot. So I think if we're going to keep him, we should shift somebody else out. If we're going to keep him, shift El Nenny out. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, just to just to come back on the El Nenny thing, I, I also think if we are going to get someone else in El Nenny and Sambi not quite do the same job but they're they're pretty similar in terms of skill sets but and just Sambi's and better and space, younger and also El Nenny will be going away for Afcon and that's not a massive you know massive issue but it is another thing yeah. and and something that, to consider so yeah I think El Nenny would be my choice to to go as much as I love him um if we were going to get a new central midfield in I think you put it really well mate I think like you know why can't your nose off despite your face it, there, there is no point yes we want to move on from Xhaka. especially for a player of his quality you know yeah. because we can rag on Xhaka all we want but he does have his qualities and he showed that at the Euros he showed that after scoring his goal today like um grabbing the badge like he's a passionate individual who loves yeah. his football and yeah. you know is a lead in his own way though he has his faults and his his mistakes is a leader in certain aspects. Yeah. And yeah. losing that from the dressing room for a ridiculously low fee. It's 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 insultingly low. Yeah. 
and and to is, give them to fucking Mourinho yeah. as well at that price. The the also you know, I don't think players think about this too much. But what message does that send to young players? You know, and also considering that the the profiles that we're we're looking at this season, there's going to be a lot of new young faces in, and someone mm-hmm. like Granit Xhaka with his work ethic, with his um, you know, yes, he has his deficiencies, as we've said, but we can kind of ignore that. You know, he goes out on mm-hmm. that pitch every single time and tries his fucking hardest. And I think that's something that you, you know, you set as a culture at the club. I think many people have said, you know, yes, Aubameyang's the captain, but Jacques is the real captain, you know. And and I think we, as much as we can kind of point to those deficiencies, I do think what message does that send to certain other players when you go, you can work your absolute hardest possible at a club. And what we'll do is the moment we get a twelve million pound offer for you, despite the fact you captain your country, you come in every day, work as hard as you can. Mm. Uh, every time you go out on the pitch, you try your hardest. And yes, you're not the best, but you give it, you give it your best. The second we get a twelve million offer from fucking Jose Mourinho, we'll send you off because because we're you know because we don't want you. And you know I don't think players can think like that, but I do think there's probably an element of that where I just go like it's you know for for we you, we we have to differentiate. It's like in any yeah any good business you you know people say oh, why aren't you being treated fairly? Well, actually, people aren't the same. <laughs> so where you can no. you have to differentiate. And what Xhaka has done is he's been here for a while. He's grown in stature. He's grown in I think grown a little bit in quality. Um, he's you know he's had of course had his moments, but he is someone who at that price point. You put you you said it better than I can. Cut, why cut your nose off to spite your face of a player of that quality? It's just not worth it. Give him a new deal that would then mean he has four years come, and then he'd have three years come the end of this coming season, and sell him in the summer. Yeah, give him another year. Let let him give. I mean, I I saw somebody tweet out that they want him given the armband back. I'm not for that. I think. Uh, once you tell the fans to fuck off, you throw the armband yeah, and the shirt yeah, on the no, floor. No. There's no way back to captaining the club from that because you have to learn from your... You, and he has learned from his mistakes, but there There's are some punishments that needs to stay permanent. And I think that's one of them. And I think if anyone's going to be the captain, it should be Kieran Tierney. Uh, but yeah, there's no, there's really no point. What Like if... If somebody had watched that Euros that wasn't an Arsenal fan and they're going, oh, my club's just signed Granit Xhaka from Arsenal for 12 to 15 million euros, they're rubbing their fucking hands together with glee. Mm. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, the only my only caveat on this thing would be that he is someone who... Well, the way that the way the information came out through Amy Lawrence, it's very reliable very quickly in, t- in terms of the New Deal... Um, so the, I think this, there is a very slim percentage of chance that this could be a, a bit of a, a little bit smokescreen um, uh, for something else. I would not put it past Arsenal, but I doubt it. Um, I do think generally, I don't know if they're smart enough. Generally, I don't think with that with that sort of intelligent in the market. But we are also under a new regime, and we don't know. So you know, I think because because it's Who so it, it is something that someone at the club wanted a respectable journalist to know. Do you know what I mean? You know I mean? It's mm. like when David Ornstein um, tweets, I've said this a few times, people say, oh, well, it's what the club want you to know. Well, that's interesting too. Like, that's an interesting bit of mm-hmm. information that the club want you to know that. So that's, that's you know, it's all it's all forms the picture. Um, yes. 
the uh, the, a couple of links that have have uh, come out this week. Bruno Gimarish uh, from uh, Lyon. Be honest, not watched loads of him. Need to look into him. Um, Looks like the right profile. Stats and from everything looks brilliant. Looks like he'd be a quality player. Definitely. Apparently, there was um, Edu fumbled the deal a bit when regime swapped over before he went to Lyon or something oh, I right. was seeing on Twitter because he came from a Brazilian club. I, I don't know which one. Uh, so that's interesting, but um, that we could have got him pre Lyon. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, 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 I watched him a little bit. I mean, he, he's a very sort of good all round midfielder. Uh, looks like a hard worker, sort of quite versatile in terms of his skill set. Um, someone I have watched more of though, and someone I am absolutely, if we can do this, and the fact that it's in the Athletic gives me hope because they are very reliable. Lataro Martinez from Inter Milan. So I've watched him, Brad. I'm not joking when I say I think if we signed him, I think it would be the best deal Arsenal have done. Potentially in my no, potentially oh, it would be in our well. kind of knowledge. I mean, I I don't think you'll get better than in my adulthood. Thierry Henry, no, for but in price, my adulthood, maybe. You know, or Vieira for the price when you're talking about those kind of things. But yeah, it will be the best deal of our kind of conscious Arsenal fan lifetimes yeah. to kind of put it that way. Uh, he's a sensational player. Mate. And from everything coming out of there, he's on about 85 grand a week at the moment, which to put into context is what something like uh, 30, 35 K less than Bellerin. And, and a lot, a lot less than Lacazette. He's on like a hundred k less than Lacazette a week. Uh, to be clear, I don't think it will happen. But I've never watched a player and immediately seen how he'd fit into our team. So I'm writing an article about him at the yeah. moment, just to sort of um, plug that. So that'll be coming out fairly soon. But what I will say is, there's a number, there's a number of things that he does. He has such a diverse skill set. Firstly, he's a lot better in the air than five foot nine would would tell you and he's really adept at flick-ons he's he's really good at um yeah and and actually there's a lot of kind of if you watch how we play we do deliver the ball and there's a brilliant delivery from Tavares today which Aubameyang absolutely fumbled uh, Martinez is fantastic at that he has this kind of innate ability in small spaces to wriggle out he has this innate ability to just get shots off he takes way more shots than anyone else I think we we in research for the article we we took 459 shots last season and Man City took 600 so we need to start taking more shots um, in my opinion and, and that sort of fits with my eye test too He's someone who takes way more shots than any of our any of our players. Things like two point nine versus Abamyang, who's two, or who's the next 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 most. Um, he is fantastic at receiving the ball. You know the sort of the, the job that Lacazette does, where he drops deep and yeah. receives it. But yeah, yeah, what yeah, Lacazette yeah. often does is he pops it off and turns round. Martinez takes it on the half turn and then has the ability to drive that forward. And defenses are terrified, mate. He is honestly, I've never watched a player and gone. Oh, you would this do that job. You would do exactly that job. You would do that job. The type of deal we have been screaming for Arsenal to make this summer. Taking so it's not going to happen. Of, <laughs> of, no, of course it isn't. But taking advantage of clubs' financial situation. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. talk that this deal could get done for something like 65 million euros, 70 million euros. That's not a lot of money in comparison to what we have paid and to what Arsenal generate. And I think then you have to come into and kind of question, would you rather spend 50 million on Ben White or 
I mean, after probably the exchange rate, 60 million on Lautro Martinez. What brings in the biggest change in quality? And this is why maybe spending 50 million on Ben White now rather than in a month's time after selling some players might prove a bit silly if we don't have the cash funds to go out and get players like this when mm. they become available. Mm. But he's on, like, he's available. He is available. He's refusing to sign a new deal with Inter. He apparently likes the idea of Arsenal, really wants to play in the Premier League. And if you look at uh, every other top six club, other bar maybe Liverpool, I don't think they need him. So it's a free run. You know, Tottenham have got yeah. Harry Kane and I, I, I really don't think he's moving this summer. City wouldn't be splashing 100 million on Grealish now uh, for Kane to be available. I really, I really don't think they would because they're not going to spend 250 million on two players. It just doesn't happen. So Tottenham have got Kane. City are probably going to end up going with this false nine and giving Gabby Jesus some starts. United are doubling down on what they've got. Um, and then Chelsea look like they're after Haaland, but if they can't shift Abraham. You know, there was talk that we were interested... Abraham for the for kind of a, an obligation of 40 million quid mm. and if Kroenke's willing to put in the money and we've got basically a free run at this guy there is no excuse as to why we shouldn't get this done but we won't get this done this yeah. is the this is the Luis Suarez deal where if we'd offered them five extra million pounds rather than 40 million and one pound we would have probably won two Premier Leagues with Suarez up front and Sanchez on the left and Ozil in the pocket, you know, it's that deal. It just reminds me of that deal. And my hopes are up, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, probably not. We're just going to end up with fucking Tammy Abraham. Listen, he looked all right today. He did look all right. Yeah, but looking all right isn't good enough. There is a reason Chelsea want rid of him. There is. And I'm like, as much as I understand, oh yeah, but he's better than what we've got. But better than what we've got doesn't mean it's exactly what we need. And I think we need to start thinking like that. Wise words. Wise words, Brad. Uh, we've just got time, Brad. For a little bit of... That's your line. Arsenal trivia. There you go. Uh, so last time out, I asked you, uh, who had the most consecutive appearances scored in for Arsenal with 12 between the 15th of September 1994 and the 23rd of November 1994, scoring 16 goals in those matches. Who was it, Brad? Can you go seven for seven? Think of the... Alan Smith. No, Brad, think of the dates. Ian Wright? It was Ian Wright. Uh, six and a half oh. for seven. Six nah, and a half nah, for seven. All right. Nah, that's all right. I went six for six. Ian Wright was my first thought, but I thought it was too obvious. So okay. I, I changed. Yeah, all right. Went for Alan Smith. Yeah, all right. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the question for next week is, Bradley and listeners, perk your ears up. Arsenal won the title by 0.099 of a goal in what season? Arsenal won the title by 0.099 of the goal, of, uh, of the goal, of a goal. Uh, in what season? Have a think. No fucking clue. Get back to me. Uh, will do. You will, next time. Um, good luck with the move this week, mate. Thanks, man. We're already packing. It's it's getting crazy. I've got bags of bags of shit on the floor. Have fun. It's going to be <sighs> it's, it's gonna be fun. You're getting, getting away from your, you know, 
terrible housemates. Can you get some better Wi-Fi though, please? Oh, don't worry. We've already we're, we literally are already sorting that. Wi-Fi will be set up on the day we move, so there's going to be not even a break. Alex, I love that. Nothing worse than moving into a new house and you haven't got Wi-Fi for like six months because they won't. So like, oh wait, we can't activate it until you. It's 2021. You're telling me you can't activate some Wi-Fi? Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> dickheads. All right. Absolute dickheads. Right, and on that positive note. Uh, thank you so oh. much for listening we yeah, really do thanks, appreciate guys. it uh, thank you so much for listening keep it different knock and we'll see you later if Bradley's recording has worked peace peace thank you so much for listening to the different knock podcast please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using if you'd like to support the show you can find us on patreon and buymeacoffee.com find us on twitter at diffknock and visit our website thedifferentknock.com thanks Podcast Network.